game like a few weeks ago. Oh, what game? The Lego Movie video game. Nice. So I'm asking you guys, do you guys remember your first? The, the first, the first game that I ever beat, because not the first game I played, presumably, right? right. First game you beat. Because I don't know about you guys, but I think as a child I went through like a really long phase where. I played a lot of games, but never Teenage actually. Ninja Turtles three. Really? You you're taking too long. <clears throat> All right. Three, the Manhattan Project. Yeah, the Manhattan Project was the first game. That's a hard game, my friend. I thought three was <laughs> Turtles in Time. Oh, that's four. That's four. <clears throat> All right. So see, this is the thing because I'm not sure which one it was. I remember it was an NES game, probably. But um, because a lot of them were unwinnable back in the day, right? So like you know, you couldn't win Tetris. Tetris just kept going faster until you died. The same thing with Space Invaders. So I think it might have been Mario Three, either that or I think the original Turtles. I think that's uh, true. A lot of a lot of stuff was unwinnable. I think the thing with um, Turtles Three, why I beat that, is because I just played it all the time. That was like the only game I played for the longest. Yeah, the, those old beat 'em ups too, where you had the point where you just remembered where. Enemies were gonna come from and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're exactly. hitting them before they even spawned. Yeah. Does Street Fighter count? Yeah. Because I beat yeah. I beat Street Fighter two. I think that's probably. Oh, wait, the... wait, 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 wait. Did you beat it by just putting quarters until you won, or did you beat it? Well, that, know, actually... that shouldn't matter because it was probably on the Super Nintendo anyway. I don't I don't think I ever beat it in an arcade. Well, oh, okay. I played. So yeah, right, I played it a lot in an arcade, but I swear to God, those machines are harder than they are on like home consoles. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised it wasn't um, Gianna Sisters. I definitely, <laughs> definitely did not beat Gianna Sisters. I got pretty close. Didn't, didn't quite get to the end of that one. I didn't beat Castlevania two for like 20 years because I never figured out the fucking hard thing. It wasn't you know what I remember? I went off the internet and I like, could fucking look it up. <laughs> you remember I got? I you know I remember I got a Chrono Trigger. And I think for the first couple of weeks, or it might have been a month or whatever, I played kind of the main game. And then I finally got to Lavos, and between me getting to Lavos, it took me six months to beat Lavos. Jesus. You know, I had no idea what, how, what the proper way to beat him was, and then, you know, by the time you get through all his normal phases at the shell, it's like, oh man, there's more bosses here. And, and then I found out about all the side quests afterwards, so then I had to go back and do the side quests and get all the gear and all that stuff, so... So you beat the the first phase and then you went into the shell, and you just well, I didn't even beat the there. first phase. I was like, let's just ram the time machine straight into it, and I didn't know, you know, that stopped you from getting the best ending in, in the oh, new game. Okay. So, you know, that that upset me. So, so to properly beat Lavos in order to beat all his phases, it took me six months after I beat after I finished the game. Hmm. I think the first ending I got was the one from the bucket when you clear all everything. All right. Yeah. But I was afraid of Lavos. I didn't want to. I want to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think I ever beat Chrono Trigger. I beat really. It. I got. I got stuck on like Masa Moon. Just, just ever. Probably. Probably. I think I'm pretty sure. I don't think I've ever seen any of the endings to that game. Really? Yeah. I mean, I love the game. I think it's a great game. But you, love, you love the game, but you never got past Masa Moon. Either. I it's never. I never beat it. I beat Chrono Cross. Is that worth something? Uh, no, no, no. I got <laughs> so like, the, I got, like the rainbow ending or whatever. Yeah. You know, I did good. I never actually got any of the alternate endings for Chrono Cross. I just got the one. I, 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 just, got, I, I, got, I got one and then I got tired of playing Chrono Cross. Well, it was good. Good game. I like it. 
Uh, I'm gonna have this discussion now. This could literally be all the whole podcast. No wait, you guys. <laughs> I don't want to spend forever. You really don't like. You guys don't like Chrono Cross. Well, you have three, three sides here. You have Jay who thinks is an abortion, and then me who is like, ah, eh, it could have been better. And then apparently you like it. So uh, it was a good game. You could be a cat. Um, <laughs> you could. Actually, you had to be a cat. Now that I think about it. spoiler alert. Yeah, you had to. You had to be a cat. Spoiler alert! You didn't have a choice. Well, Chrono Cross. I, I, I think, I think back in the day, I didn't like Chrono Cross because it wasn't Chrono Trigger. But I think today, I still wouldn't like it just because it was a jumble of all sorts of stuff that I didn't appreciate. Like I, the color system, I, I was not a fan of the color system. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But it did some some cool stuff like the pirates and the fucking seal time. I love that Chrono, area. Chrono Cross is kind of where I started like cleaning up my act because uh, up until then, I was pretty shitty at beating games. Like I just get I'd get something and I'd get stuck at the slightest difficulty and just out it goes like into the into the trash and onward. I continue with something different, and so I'm I'm mostly recovered now. If I play something, so, I, I finish you literally it. Literally doing the garbage. Well, yes, yes, and then I spit on them. And they're all in a landfill now, you would say, somewhere? Yeah. And, uh, so that would, should we do the intro before we I was gonna say, going to that's say, that? that's an excellent segue, but what people don't know is that this is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 32. I am your, uh, apparent, I, I guess, new host, Jared? I'm here, and I also have with me Mr. Jay Joseph. Hello. Who is uh, ready to talk and be wrong about Chrono Cross. And then we also have once more with us Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Who is the neutral party in this conflict? The neutral party. Oh. He's Switzerland oh. of, of Chrono Cross. And I'd then, like you to explain to me how having an opinion is wrong. <laughs> it's well, Sweet Park. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. th- there are lots. Of, yeah, there are lots of opinions that are wrong. This one's just particularly wrong. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little extra wrong. Hey, but you know what? I don't know if you guys saw this, but in in the news today, not today, but over the weekend, like Jay mentioned, there was some great, like the landfills, man, they're a hit. The people, they go out there and they find stuff that they want and that they like. And in this case, we found something really special out there. Which something everyone wants. Something everyone Every wants. Every gamer wants. Actually, you know what? To to not exaggerate, I think, I think for the most part, everybody that I've talked to does want a copy of E.T. for the Atari 2600, now that we have pulled, I don't know if we ever got specific numbers, but now we, now that we have pulled an undetermined number of them uh, from a legendary landfill where they were dumped, what, like 30 years ago? I think yeah. over, over 30 years ago at this point. I'm telling you, man, I would buy one and like frame it. Why? I don't understand this. It was bad it's just, then. It's bad I know, now. I, I, I bought no one, no one wants to buy it to play it. I know, but... Exactly. It, I like, don't even have an Atari anymore. Is it that interesting of history, though? Like, a company's shame? I think it's interesting yes. because it's unprecedented that, you know, this would happen. Would, would like, you, would like you first, buy, like, would you buy a tissue with someone from Enron's Tears on it? Um, Maybe, yeah, actually. <laughs> well... I might buy a spreadsheet with all of the stupid shit I did. I mean, I guess I guess you're right. It is it is something that has probably. I I can't think of another example of something like this happening where it's like saying you know they finally find Bigfoot you know and it's the legend was what? actually true. There is like a fucking monster, you know, running around in whatever it is supposed to be. The other game 
like that. It's like they just dumped it in the landfill and then they, they, they kind of poured cement over it or whatever. Nowadays, if you have a game that's really bad, it's just kind of, okay, let's recall it and destroy it fully or whatever. And no one really cares. But I think E.T. was really the first case and they got rid of it in such a bizarre way. And I also think the game was like so awful it's like unmatched in his awfulness I, I think i think we've seen a lot of bad since then but um i don't know i don't know it's a it's a it's it a rare so it did cause an industry crash so you know yeah i don't think yeah, a lot of guys can say industry. that yes, that's the thing hard times can crash in industries as bad as it is well and i guess i actually genuinely don't know is, is that a standard practice to destroy bad video games like to to I guess that's probably. What I don't you think would it happens to... all the. T- I don't. I don't think it happens all the time. I think it more happens when there's uh, some legal stuff behind it. Yeah, it's usually a copyright dispute, like so. with two human. Or like, uh, or like that big Marvel thing that went down with like the Deadpool game and. Yeah, Deadpool. Mm-hmm. I've I've never heard of. Uh, it, it seems to me like, and if you walk into Walmart, it feels this way. Like bad games just kind of stay there. And, Forever. you know, like I, I used to work to, to put it to an analogy. I used to work at a pet store and we sold puppies. And uh, I asked I asked the owner once, I'm like, what do you do if you can't sell the puppy? And like it turns into a dog. And uh, he said it just it never happens. Like eventually you just price the puppy so low that someone will take it and that they never had one that got stuck behind. And he had a few that stayed there for like a long time, but they always they always left eventually. So what does it take to 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 that a puppy puppy stays there. Like, what, what's wrong with the puppy? Well, uh, there was one, the the one not to get into like pet podcast, but the the one that I specifically remember is he bought a bunch of uh, probably bought like a litter of maybe fifteen Airedales. Do you guys know what an Airedale looks like? No, no. It's not a particularly pretty dog. It's um, it's not ugly. Actually, no, it's ugly. It's an ugly dog. What do you spell it? Uh, I think it's a a i r e. D A L E. I want to say, um, it's been mm-hmm. a long time since I worked at a pet store, but it's a terrier, and it's. I guarantee you, when you when you uh, look up a picture of it, you'll recognize it because you've definitely oh, yeah. you've seen one of these dogs before. Yeah, yeah. They get really big. They get huge, and they were they were getting so big that we didn't have like cages for them, and so he finally got like a special. Uh, it wasn't even a cage. It was just like a really long run of of uh, metal gates or something that he put up. And we just stuck him in the front of the store, and he priced them at like a hundred dollars a piece, which normally these are like six hundred dollar dogs, and uh, they were gone. It it totally worked. A couple of them got really big, and probably weren't even puppies anymore. But... So what you're what you're saying is really what they should have done with ET is they should have taken it to Las Vegas, and they should have priced them all for five dollars a piece. I mean, just got rid of them that way. It just seems more economical to just uh, slash the price to like a buck a pop, and basically, but, what you're doing at that point is you're you're losing money. Yes, but, but you didn't it, have to spend it on dumping everything in a landfill. Let me put it it's like this: not stuff. as awesome as dumping it in a landfill and then covering it in concrete in an undisclosed location. Well, that's what everybody's forgetting about here: is these weren't just like put there because they were like, oh. Uh, you know, hey guys, what do we do with all this ET? And someone said, ah, put it in the landfill, and they just did it. They put it there for a reason, and the reason is it shouldn't be here. We are playing God by <laughs> digging these up. They knew, they knew. I, I don't know if maybe like in the factory that all these were uh, put together at, if maybe there was like a death, like a guy fell into the the game grinder or whatever, and now his ghost is in the... I. 
I'm telling you right now, there's something about it. There's, this is fishy. It's weird. Uh, and it's why it's not a standard practice. We're going to find out like a few years from now that everybody who buys these unearthed games in an auction is like slowly going to start dying under mysterious circumstances. And that, my friends, is Final Destination 9. <laughs> yes. E.T. Atari 2600 edition. That would be pretty cool, though. I mean, that that would make it a video game that goes down as one of those creepy legends of human history. Well, I figure we, we lost. Find, we, we finally have a creepy pasta that's real. We we lost <laughs> uh, we lost one urban legend. Let's replace it with a new one, which is anyone who buys a copy of ET from that landfill is is probably going to die. Right. And I like it. An unnatural and seemingly accidental death. Uh, speaking speaking of uh, unnatural and seemingly accidental deaths, but we actually have more news. See, I'm getting so, so many great segues today, and I can't use them properly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so, so segway, man. Here, I, no, no, no. I'll tell you what. Oh, I'll we, tell you what. Let's talk about our other news piece, and I, I swear to you, at the end of it, I'm going to give you a great segue. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, the right. other the other probably big piece that you might have read that wound up on Enemy Slime this week is uh, a piece that Lucio did on the FCC's delightful new regulations uh, that are going to help us move away from that that blasted net neutrality that is always stopping the good and kind people at your cable company from making the adequate dollars that they deserve. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always willing to throw more money at Time Warner Cable for whatever it is they do. I don't know about you guys, but I think that Comcast is probably... Um, Probably like number one as far as customer service. And, and now that I think about it, Comcast is taking over Time Warner Cable. So uh, they, they I'm s- so sorry, Jay. I hear they struck a deal with Charter too. So oh, great. So <laughs> so, so we're all Comcast customers yeah. at this point. Everything is Comcast. Everything is Comcast. <laughs> just pretty soon, just you will be Comcast. Like they'll buy right. your name out or something. <laughs> your, your name will be Comcast Lorenzino. Well, you know so, we're, we are in talks. We're just waiting for the uh, FCC to approve it. Wait for the wait for the FCC to say yes to that. It's going to happen. Yeah. Apparently, yes, because they've been saying yes to everything. So I mean, it's uh, not to go too political, but this is a trend that we've been seeing where you know there's just more and more ways for companies to make money, some money to influence it, and kind of going into that spiral. It is astounding how nobody likes this and nobody wants this, and yet time and time again, it keeps happening where we get these close mm-hmm. calls, or in this case, where it pretty much looks like it probably will happen. There's a lot of money at stake, my friend. It's amazing. It's astounding to me. You know what pisses me off for? It's fucking Brazil. It's building us at this. God, Brazil, <laughs> Brazil pisses me off too, but for a whole bunch of other reasons. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, they already passed a law saying that neutrality is built into their their book of laws, and here we are, you know, basically giving it giving it up. Well, the thing is, is we don't really have it anyway. So let's let's backtrack just a tiny bit and explain that what net neutrality is is it's uh, I wouldn't say a framework sure or a guideline, but it's it's an assurance that an internet service provider uh, won't won't take a connection and basically throttle it down depending on what kind of service you're trying to access or, more importantly, disable that connection entirely. Uh, So, for example, right now when you pay Comcast to get on the Internet, you get all of the Internet. You get to go to Netflix, you get to go to Google, you get to go pretty much much wherever you want. 
more importantly, Google and Amazon, for example, well, don't so get that's, to pay. That's the important to, thing, right? Is we already know that places like Comcast uh, throttle Netflix traffic, and uh, and you can easily, you know, demonstrate that for yourself by connecting to a VPN and you know going and accessing that same service, and all of a sudden it's five times faster. Even though a VPN actually makes your overall connection speed slower, so. <laughs> It's, I'm it's, so glad I'm not on Comcast anymore. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but anyway, long story short is well, at, at this yeah. point, rather than just throttling Netflix, they'll just full on be able to block it unless you pay, like, say, a higher tier uh, of service. Or, you know, Comcast is a television company. They want you to watch their TV. They don't want you watching this damn Netflix. So, I mean, in theory, they could just block it entirely and not include it in any of their packages. And they're the only cable company out there ever period at this point so if you or, you or could they wind could, up in that situation where just if you have cable you can't watch netflix or they could just charge netflix, netflix more for the traffic only Netflix. <laughs> wait and then they have to pass it to you they're already doing that anyway so well yeah but you know what i mean yeah i do i do so i don't feel like i, I think you were probably right there's not much discussion to have here because but i think i think it's i think fucking shitty just reiterate what people can still try and do for people who haven't necessarily read the article. Yeah, so if you if you haven't read the article and and if you if this sounds concerning or or, or scary to you, and we're we're being a, a little hyperbolic because there's no uh, guarantee that this is exactly how it's going to play out. But if so, if having all no, of the this internet, is, this is pretty close. So, and then, so let, let's start then, at the beginning. This is not yeah. done yet. So what are doing now is writing the guidelines, and they're going to. Uh, on my first, it's going to come out, and you're going to put it on to a, a public forum. So that means that you can weigh in and talk about it. And then the vote for this doesn't happen until later this year. So there's time to do something. It's not a done deal. So the first thing that they can do is go into the FCC and actually let them know what they think in May 1st when this happens. I mean, May 15th. I'm sorry. What am I saying? May 15th, not first. Um, and then... You know, the FCC is still part of the government. You can email your senator and your congressman and let them know how you feel and make sure it's your fucking congressman and senators. Because if you if you basically go and, you know, if, if I here in Florida go and talk to Jared's congressman, he doesn't care because I can vote for him. So that's what you can do. I think that that's a, a perfect uh, setup. And so now you know what you need to do. So just stop listening to this right now. No, no, no. Finish this. <laughs> never stop listening to this. Finish. Stop. Listen, listen to this. You never know this. what you might hear another helpful trick. Listen to this on your way writing, to the mailbox. Writing, writing, writing to your congressman is called a life hack. Because, look, here's the thing. Yes. Here's the thing. The internet is uh, important. We use it for uh, work. We use it for, for social lives with Facebook and Twitter and things like that. We use it for pornography, and some people use it oh. to download. Uh, oh, to, me. Well, hang on. So some people use it to download really shitty anime. Hey, speaking of really shitty anime, you've been playing a game this week, haven't you, Jay? Um, yeah, I've been playing a game called uh, Dangan, Dangle Ropa. Dangle, Dangle the Rope. Yeah, I've played that on my phone. You slice, rope. you slice through the ropes, and candy falls in a lizard's mouth. And candy falls in a lizard's mouth, and that's the game. And it's, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Very good. Yeah. Five out of five. We'll play again. How was that setup though? Was that was that the segue promise? I, I don't I don't I don't no. I think my segue was better. I think my segue is more relevant. Well you know, not only that, you're the one that bought it for me. No, I know, because I, I literally saw it, read about it, and I said, Oh my god, 
Jay doesn't own this, and that is wrong. And okay. So well, and, and so I just but here's the thing. Right. I actually I actually did kind of hate it when I first started playing it. I know, and I was really concerned. I was like, "Wow, I don't know my dear friend Jay like right. I thought I did." Um, yeah. But, but, and, <laughs> and I was, was going to say, you know, this is our breakup. Let's not talk to each other again. Yeah, like I, like you know, you know that girl that you break up with after she buys you like a shitty present. It's like that. Yeah, exactly. And I do that all the time. Yeah. So, uh, Dang Ronpa, Dang Ropa. What is the translation for that again? It's bullet and uh, to win a debate. So bullet, bullet and, to win a debate. And I think that's a very accurate. Um, way to describe the title so so i, I so guess you go in and you start shooting people and until they agree with you right yeah you go yeah that's 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 how it works ah, just like just like republicans no no yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay Absolutely. tea party the game what happens i'll probably have um, to cut that out i no do not cut that out okay it's staying in so um with with um with danganronpa I guess I I don't remember what, how much of it I talked about last week, but what you do is, uh, you know, how the game goes down. Sorry, I'm being distracted by musicians right now. Um, let me start again. So Danganronpa, Dangan Danganronpa. <laughs> would you pronounce it? Just call you, it. Just call it Dr. It's Dangan Dangan. Let's, let's call it Trigger Happy. Let's call it You've got Dangan. You, you just need Ronpa. No, we're calling it we're calling it Trigger Happy Havoc. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's the name it was released under out here. So in Trigger Happy Havoc, you and uh, fourteen other students have been trapped in this crazy messed up school by this evil psychotic bear, and he basically tells you you're all going to participate in a death game. So you're you're high school students, um, and he says if you want to escape from here, then you need to kill each other, and you need to hide the crime in such a way that you get away with it. So each time a dead body pops up, you get a little bit of time to investigate the murder of one of your fellow students and get all the clues that you need to track down the murderer, all that kind of stuff. And the trial begins and the trial is really where the main gameplay stands from. So the, the trial is each student is at a round table, right? And the camera is kind of wildly swinging around the round table as you debate. That's what it is. It's called a nonstop debate. And, you know, you talk about all manners of subjects, such as what was the murder weapon and what condition was the body found in, all this kind of stuff. And everyone's all got something to say about it. It's like, oh, I, I, I think this. And someone else is like, no, I think this one. And uh, your job is to find who's full of shit and, and, you know, just say, wait, hold on a second, back the fuck up because I have the real answer. Um, and that's the best way to describe the gameplay. There's actually a lot more to it. Like, there's a ton more to the game. Um, and then just that it's not, you know, on the, on the surface, it seems very simple and on the surface, it seems kind of like Phoenix, Wright, But it's so much more kind of, I want to say interactive than Phoenix, Wright, And it has a, a lot more mini games. Um, yeah. Any questions? So this is kind of a weird question. It's going to make me yeah. seem like a weird person. Uh, how are they murdered? Cause you, you like, can you give me an example of how someone is killed? Cause you, uh, linked me to a video and I didn't understand at all what happened. Like ha- when you say that their people are being murdered, are they just like being shot or? No, they're not. Being, there are no guns in the school, which is the interesting thing. They make a big point about no guns in the school. Um, so let me let me explain in the trial. Like they they call it trigger happy havoc. Dag and rope, but apparently means bullet debate whatever. And when you actually play it, the screen 
you know, you get a little targeting reticle and you have to shoot at people. But what is actually happening is in the debate, you're just looking for lies and contradictions in the word, in the, um, in the different speeches people give. Mm-hmm. And there are certain elements of their speech that are highlighted in yellow. And you can shoot at those elements, but you have to shoot at it with something called a truth bullet. And the truth bullet is, you know, in layman's terms, just evidence. You know, I don't know why they couldn't call it evidence. They can call it an evidence bullet, but it's a truth bullet. So you fire your truth bullet at the phrase that they say that you think is wrong. Um, and then that kind of moves you on to the next phase of the trial. So that's kind of how it goes down. So as for the actual murderers, I guess, as I said, you're trapped in a high school and it's, um, there are several different classrooms and several different levels to this high school. And each one is unlocked after you've completed a chapter of the game. So you start out, let's say, in the gym and the dorm rooms and all that kind of stuff. And usually how the murders take place is they use some kind of prop that they found in the new area of the school that was unlocked to kill the other person. So, for example, I guess the one of the murders that sticks out the most in my mind is there's an art room that you eventually unlock. And everyone goes to the art room, whatever. And you find a bunch of mallets that are used for hammering clay and all that kind of stuff. Later on in the game, the mallets disappear and you find uh, someone's been going around hitting people on the head with something called a justice hammer and pretending that they're a big robot of justice or whatever and, and you know, <laughs> killing other people. So, you know, you find the justice hammers and you make the connection. Oh, these justice hammers are obviously the art room mallets. And then you kind of, you know, do the rest of your investigation and you jump into the trial. So that's kind of how the murders take place. It's like whenever you, whenever you get to a new area of the school and if you see a garden or if you see... Um, an archery range or whatever, you can be pretty sure that the murder is either going to take place there or they're going to use the prop from that room in order to murder someone. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that makes it a little more clear. Yeah. Huh. So I, what, what video did I link you? I don't remember. Uh, it was a pigtailed woman and she was talking to a bear and then was suddenly impaled by spikes. Okay. Right. Oh, See, that's yeah, a little that different. That, that, that was a little different. Um, I don't remember why I linked that one. That that happens at the start of the game. So Monokuma is the name of this black and white bear. Mm-hmm. And Monokuma is the one that has all of you imprisoned here. And he's the one that says you guys got to kill each other if you want everyone to get out of the school alive. Um, and he has very specific rules and regulations that he, everyone has to follow no matter what. Um, and they play a big part in kind of the plot and in figuring out how to get out of the school or whatever. So that first girl, she breaks the rule, and he's like, oh, well, you fucked up. Let me show you what happens to people who break the rules. Uh, and he just kind of made an example out of her. So that was that was kind of unrelated, but it, it brings up a good point, I think, because this game has some very, really odd elements to it. I don't want to call it, call it supernatural. And it's got a lot of strange stuff that goes down. It, it, it's kind of like... Um, I, mean, I mean, you did casually just talk about like a bear that she talked to. I mean, the bear, the bear is like such a big part of it. You know, it's like I, it's whatever, man. There's a, there's, there's a bear that's walking around that people talk to and shows up whenever he wants and he threatens you. Um, It's completely natural. It's just completely natural. Typical Saturday. It's a typical Saturday. I mean, it's, it's kind of like it reminds me of like Silent Hill, Other Side. It reminds me of like Twisted Metal and you know Calypso's fucked up wishes and all that so it's kind of like this really high concept high fantasy but the rules of the world aren't that hard to learn um and i feel like 
shit's kind of so crazy and all over the place, it's really hard to break your suspension of disbelief once you're involved with it. It's like, okay, so someone was killed by a giant anime robot now. Sure, we'll go with that. It's something that happens in this room. So it's 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 strange. It's very strange, but at the same time the rules of the world are, you know, easy to follow. And I think, you know, this is this is what got me so much about the game. This is why I talk about it so much. It's really in the characters. So you have fifteen students and each of them is the ultimate something. So you have like the ultimate swimmer or you have the ultimate biker gang leader or you have the um you know, ultimate heir to an empire or whatever. So it's it's really kind of random shit, but they're a high school student and they're the top in the field of whatever their specialty is. And that's usually kind of related to the murders. It's definitely related to the debates. And it's uh, related to something called an execution, which is the punishment given to the murderer if they're found out during a trial. Um, and at first glance, it, like the, the, the same reason I, I love the game is the same reason I was ready to hate it. At first glance, you're like, oh, here's the Japanese idol. I've never seen that before. Or it's like, well, there's like the fat otaku. Okay, yeah, I get it. Oh, so funny. And it's like, I've seen all this shit before. Like, they have these cliches that you've seen if you've ever even watched like one Japanese anime. And at first glance, it's like, you know what? I played Persona 4. I've seen this pop idol done better. Uh, why am I giving this game the time of day? But it kind of uses those cliches and it really turns them on their air and uses them to do things that you wouldn't expect. So this is going to be a, this is going to be a spoiler for anyone that wants to play the game, but it only really uh, spoils the first um, chapter kind of. So the pop idol, you know, she's sweet and innocent, and you know she wants to be your best friend. She's like your childhood friend, which is another thing fucking Japanese anime loves to do. Oh yeah, you're my childhood friend. You remember we promised us we'd get married someday or whatever, and you find out this bitch does all this shit. Because she's trying to set you up and frame you for murder. It's like, hmm. okay, so that's really... My that's childhood a, friend? Yeah, she's, a, she's your childhood friend. That shit's she, wrong. I told, you know, I told you not to take her G.I. Joe, man. I told you. She's going to kill you. Yeah, now she's going to kill you. Well, that's the thing. The, 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 the game, you know, it's called... I think one of its subtitles is, uh, is um, Hope Academy High School, The Battle of Hope versus Despair. And the whole idea is that um, each time the characters get a little bit of hope, and then the creepy black and white bear thing does something to throw them into kind of utter despair. Um, and it's really depressing overall because it's like, oh yeah, I'm making some progress in the game. The bear shows up. It's like, nope, fuck you. I wanted this to happen. I'm like, oh man. Um, but anyway, back to the pop idol. You know, she, you find out she essentially tries to frame you for murder, and you realize that you know all the stuff related to kind of the pop idol trope and the love interest and the childhood friend and all that shit, you realize that the writers use that to kind of fuck with you, really. To, to like, say, oh, this is not how this is going to go down. We were just doing that to build a sense of trust and, uh, yeah, fuck you, that's not going to happen. And they, they did this a lot in the game, so it's not like it was an accident. It's they use those cliches because they wanted, you know, to build on the tropes and give something people were used to so that they could later on play with it and give you something that you just weren't expecting. And I think that's what really kind of got me about it. Hmm. Well, it, it, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that it turned itself around with murder and yeah, yeah, it turned itself around with, uh, all it took was a little betrayal. All it took was a little betrayal. And some, you know, torturing and <clears throat> some torturing. And then, you know, I mean, like, like I said, the story, the actual storyline for the game is really fucked up. Um, 
you know, the kids, the other thing I liked about it is when, if you, if you look at battle Royale or if you look at the hunger games, um, you know, it's like, okay, so now you kids have to go kill everyone else. And the kids are like, okay, let's do it. Let's get the weapons. Let's go. Let's fuck each other up. And this game in a Danganronpa, um, you know, the kids don't want to kill each other at first. They're like, we don't really have any reason to do it. And, you know, they give them a few really strong storyline reasons as to why these kids would want to start killing each other. So they actually decide to build up to it instead of making it kind of just a given. Um, just just to earn it instead of, uh, you know, like unlocking everyone's bloodlust. Right, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Lucio... You've been playing uh, a title that came out a little while ago, and, and Danganronpa right. actually came out a little while ago too. I think that's actually late February, early March, so we're a little late to that party. Yeah, I don't think so, anyone knew about it though. Yeah, it's it seems like it flew under the radar. Now, Thief, on the other hand, didn't fly all that under the radar, and it did not. we attempted to play it, but unfortunately, it was incompatible with the one person who we purchased it for PC with. So now you've had a chance to go back and kind of take a look at it. What do you, What are your thoughts? Well, it's just weird to me that they would make a remake of a game that came out in 2011 because the story is dishonored. Yeah, ela- elaborate on that. How? how... So, okay, you have a story of a man who comes back to a city uh, after a prolonged absence that's worse off than he left it there's a plague there's a rebellion there's a missing child or missing girl actually she's not a child anymore um and there is uh, a betrayal not only that but it has the same story with two you know i guess this is a spoiler but uh, eventually if you can figure it out the second he appears on screen the rebellion will betray you and uh when they're victorious they will try to kill you and then they will, As so often happens. And then um, they are actually worse than the people that you took out. Oh, like most rebellions. Yeah, like most rebellions. Oh, well, yeah, that's true, like most rebellions. But, you know, it felt a lot like Dishonored. Um, the game itself is good, though. I, I like the thieving. Unfortunately, there isn't much thieving going on in it. Um, so how many how many things did you thief? I thiefed many things. Like 10... But it's not, the, it's not the center of focus. It's more... So... In order to buy the upgrades and everything, you need to use money, right? Right, right, by thiefing. So, exactly. So you you're, you thief around on your missions, but your missions aren't really about stealing something. Like There may be two solid stealing missions where the actual goal of the mission is to do something. Most of it is just going after this girl. Mm-hmm. Which brings you to my next point. Because this is how the game starts, right? You um, are in a mission to steal something called the primal from someone right is that it the game is a little bit more elaborate than that or is that about right like you are something called the primal from someone well that's how it starts okay so in the first level you're introduced to this girl that apparently Garrett has some connection to she's either her you know his apprentice or something but they're supposed to be really close and then he proceeds to be a dick to her the entire fucking mission um, you know, telling her how she sucks, how she's too loud, how she's... Is, is she enough. a childhood friend? Maybe. Uh, it wasn't really clear. She she looks more like uh, some sort of uh, apprentice. Ah. So, if uh, if um, Garrett is Batman in the scenario, she's Robin, I guess. She's Stephanie Brown, specifically. Because, oh, like okay. I say, <laughs> think, think, he spends the entire well. game being a dick to her. Yeah. Um, so, one of the things that he gives her shit about is this thing called the claw, which is uh, basically an aid to climb higher, right? Right. 
like you're telling her, you know, you are um, you're too dependent on the claw. You, you need to stop using the claw for everything, and eventually you steal it from her, which leads to her falling to her death. Oh. Uh, and then you get in the claw, and then you proceed to depend on the wait, claw for the entire still, fucking wait, game. Wait, 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 hold on. He steals <laughs> it from her in the middle of her using it. In the middle of um of the mission, and then when she tries to use it, she realizes she doesn't have it. Oh, which causes her to fall to her death. Oh, but she didn't. Okay. She didn't notice that she didn't have it. Nope. Until like, what until it seems, she that, needed it. that seems like that seems like the kind of thing that you steal from someone after the mission is over. Or you tell them exactly. like, "Hey, I'm not going to let you use this anymore because because uh, you're too right. dependent right. on right. it." Right. If she if she if she's his apprentice, he could have just asked her for it. Exactly. So not, not like surprise. The worst, the worst part of it is, like I said, afterwards, you basically spend the entire game relying on the fucking claw. Because you need it to get to higher places. <laughs> now, is she? Uh, did, is it like just a pretty cut and dry? Like she's dead? Mm. No, no, she knows. Or, I mean, yeah. You want, me to, you want me to spoil it? No, 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 no. Don't ruin it. No, but the thing is, you figure her, it out the second me, you start at the second level. She's not dead. Let me, let me, t- let me tell you though. The thing about this is everything he's telling me. All of this is in the art book, so I already have the whole game spoiled. Well, good. Or I know, the whole, I don't... I know the whole story. Yeah. Now you don't need yeah. to play it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so, how how is the how is the stealth? What the stealth is, is is good. I liked it. Um, you have a uh, basically it's, it's light based, so you have a light meter which lets you know if you're hidden or not. And um, most of the time, you can kind of get away with just standing still while the people walk around and just thinking around. Um, and if you don't, uh, the game is kind of done because you can just run into towards the next area. And if you know where you're going and you get to the door, they kind of forget about you. Mm, okay. That. And then um, later on in the game, they introduce different enemies that are one-hit kills and can see in the dark. And the only way to kind of do anything against them is to stand in the light. The problem is that they don't go into the light, so you kind of just stay stuck there until... You decide to just, you know, fuck it and kill yourself. Hmm. Or run towards the exit. All if right. you know what the exit is. Yeah, I, I like those uh I like those kind of games where you can just hoof it as fast as you can to the end point and uh the game will let you continue on. I did that a lot. What? I, I cheesed the first Dark Souls pretty hard that way by just like <laughs> I'd get to a tough zone and be like, I don't feel like doing this anymore and just you know what, run probably, past everything. I don't think it was by design though. Right. Well, I don't think Dark Souls. I don't think they intended for me to just run past everything either. I don't know that. It's, I don't know. It's ever by design. I think I do. I feel like I do that in stealth games all the time, and uh, they, and I don't think stealth games want you to do that. Yeah, just but, uh, I've had it happen in a lot of those kind of games where it's just like, "Fuck it, here we go." <laughs> and just... um, in Dishonored, when you get caught and you just murder everybody, this you kind of get that the game is so designed for that, even though it doesn't like you to do it. The same thing with like Deus Ex, where you get caught and you run to the exit, and Deus Ex just kind of feels like it was made for that. He doesn't like it, but he understands. See, I, 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 actually like... stuck to, I actually stuck to, to stealth pretty hard in Deus Ex. I never hoofed it for that. That's like one of the few games I never hoofed it for that. Like... See, and I, I remember trying to pull that in like uh, Snake Eater, and mm. it doesn't work because they just follow you. Exactly. Into the yeah, zone. Metal, well, Metal, um, Metal Gear, they follow you, but... Um... But in the recent ones, it, well, we started talking about this, and and you know, Lucio, you can interrupt me if you had more you wanted to say about the game. But we started talking about this because the Wolfenstein trailer came out today. Yeah, yeah. 
Let, let me finish with this first. Yeah, finish what you're saying, and then we'll come back to this. Because I guess um, there's also um, my favorite part of all, which is the villain. And he's not really the villain, because the villain turns out to be the guy from, from the rebellion, right? Mm-hmm. So they make this guy called the Thief Taker General. So you know, the first second, the first time you see him, he kills one of his guards, um, because you know that's what bad guys do. So you know, you, you keep kind of like meeting him, and every time you see him, he's doing something worse. So you know, first he kills his guard, right. and you realize yeah, and then money he, from people, and then yeah, so, and then he throws some kittens in a bag, and he throws them into a river. Exactly. Then you know he stomps on an old lady. You know he doesn't do that, but. Uh, at one point, you, you're in a brothel, and he kind of goes and says, you know, I'm the thief taker general. Uh, I want something on the house. And, you know, he was like, okay, well, uh, you know, this girl is going to attend to your niece. He's like, no, I want something younger. I'm like, you have to make him a, to a pedophile, guys. <laughs> so <laughs> let, evil let, enough me see this? let me ask this. I have a question, because in the art book, you know, they had a little bit of um, the brothel. Yeah. And there are a lot of exposed boobies yep. in the arp. Is that the case in the real brothel? Yes. Is this game, game of ha- the, year. the game has boobs? The game has boobs. Wow. And uh, in fact, in the, there's just one part where you have to uh, sneak and in, look into, for, into rooms for different symbols. Mm-hmm. And you can get like a first, uh, like a, how can I say it? Uh, you front can, row seat to like this couple fucking. Yeah, you get you get to peep in on a little exactly. bit of a little bit of you know, or some some little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, a little bit of. So you know the like I said, the plot is dishonored. Everything is really Garrett's fault because he was a dick and he uh, caused the chain of events that led to uh, to the game happening, and. Um, you know, uh, he did it for chastising somebody for doing something that he spends the rest of the game doing. <laughs> and the villain is not even the villain, but he's just so unredeemably evil that it's almost funny. Yeah, he's cartoon evil. Yeah, he's it's like, you know, when they made him a pedophile, I was like, why is, is it really necessary? Well, was it was <laughs> is it like really explicit that he's a pedophile? Does he want he wants a young girl and. Well, maybe. The madam of the house is very. He's like, no, she's not. She's not old enough for that yet. Well, maybe he just. Uh, oh, oh, so that like the madam protests because the girl it's, is. It's ah, young. okay, so that's definitely. They make it pretty clear that he doesn't uh, like older women. It's one thing to get like a forty-year-old pushed at you and be like, no, I want one younger. But it sounds <laughs> like, sounds like they crossed a little bit into a different area. I actually do have a question about the game, though, because they made a big deal about their special little arrows. You know, how oh, yeah. you have, like, water arrows for extinguishing fires and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. they seem really proud of that in the art book. So, how did that handle? <laughs> that's not all right. Uh, the, the, one that, the one that you use is See, the look one... look at this. Look at this. That's not, that's not right. It's like, it, I'm reading the art book, and it's like, man, we did such a great job with these arrows. And then I come and ask you, and like, eh, they did okay. They're arrows. I mean, uh, what is there to say about like the, the water arrow is blue, the fire arrow is red, the exploding arrow explodes. <laughs> There's okay. really no like not a lot going what, on there. Uh, what what what's the is the sky your limit with fire arrows? Like, can you set fire to anything, or is it just kind of uh, like only these only these glowing yellow cloths? There's specific puddles of oil that you can set on fire. Boo. And so. So the, 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 I hope there are seagulls in the game 
because my favorite part of Tomb Raider was taking an exploding arrow and using it on a seagull. No, there's no seagulls. There's nothing. Uh-huh. There's no, okay. There's birds, but they're in cages and they're basically our arms. Here's here's my game coming to Kickstarter this fall. It's called Oh Fuck Fire. And what you do <laughs> is you're in a room and you start a fire and the fire begins to consume the entire room and you have to run away from it. And also you're a goat. That's called The Sims. And also you're a goat. No, because in, well, in, in The Sims, the room has no doors uh, and is filled with bearskin rugs. And chairs. I, can, we, <laughs> can, we get this on, can we get this on early access as well? Oh, for sure. For uh, But only if you pay substantially more than what the retail version will cost. Okay. That sounds fair. So like you were saying, a, a Wolfenstein trailer came out today and it illustrated... Uh, what they're calling the two different ways to play the game. And I forget what their specific terms are, but basically there's a, a stealth method for the, that's possible on every level, and then there's like a mayhem uh, method where you just go out with, you know, a, it's akimbo everything, like akimbo cannons, and you run out and <laughs> just mow down everything so in sight. So having fun or doing shitty stealth? Well, so no, because actually what I was going to say is, uh, and when I when I saw the title of the trailer, I was like, well... I know that I want to play this game and just blow everything up. But this trailer actually really sold me on going the stealth route when I do play the game. Uh, And I was telling Jay because it's a form of stealth that I feel like you don't get in stealth games very often, which is, I I call it lethal stealth. So typically when I think of a stealth game, I think of restriction. I think of a game that gives me a bunch of cool toys, like, hey, here's an amazing machine gun. Oh, but you're not going to be able to use that because it's... Uh, you know, it's not stealthy. And um, here are the things that happen with stealth. I have to get like right up in someone's ass and choke them out and they fall asleep. And then I have to worry about them waking up because they're they're going to wake up at some point and start walking around and patrolling again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like step one of stealth. Step two is if I do get a gun, it's a silenced like tranquilizer pistol and same deal after i after i shoot them they fall asleep for a little bit and then they get up and start walking around again um if i kill enemies which i want to then i get a bad ending to the game uh you get you get, you get the bad ending or in the case of like dishonored the game gets harder as you go uh, yep. and, and you get a bad ending compensates for yeah and you get a bad ending so bad ending and the game gets harder um and so Wolfenstein, I don't know that it doesn't do a lot of those things, but it seems to me like it kind of promises more so like, hey, here's a bunch of, you know, you can still use guns and there are, here's a machine gun with a sniper scope on it and shoot that guy and no one will hear you. And uh, I, I like that kind of stuff. And I, I like being able to uh, shoot somebody and not worry about them getting back up again or worry about whether or not I'm getting the bad ending, or if it's moving my karma bar in the wrong direction. That's um, fair. It's it's the kind of stuff that I respond to a little bit more. I, I was driven nuts by getting dropped in Dishonored and getting all these cool powers and then being punished if I go so far as to use them. And so, like, instead, all you want to do is just upgrade Blink, and uh, that's the game. <laughs> that's how you play Dishonored. Just upgrade Blink until you get the good ending. Pretty much. And so I, I like a game that maybe has a little bit more to offer me in that regard. And we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but something else that I'll say about stealth is I even with all those things I described that bother me or that I don't like, um, I still like stealth games for the most part, but I can't think of something that I dislike more 
than stealth segments. I think yes. that, oh, yeah. I no, think I that, that is almost always a guarantee that something has gone wrong in your game development. I don't I don't know that anyone likes stealth segments. <laughs> if if you're gonna make it so that, you know, the whole game is gonna play that way, that's fine. But I, I can't do the like well, I think I mean there's a, there's a difference between stealth games. Well here's the thing. I think really where it started happening, I blame Grand Theft Auto. I do. Because Grand Theft Auto was like the was like the big sandbox. So it's like, okay, we need everything at all times. And I feel like you were in a time of, of video games where um people were doing all this kind of like innovative shit that you didn't really see before. And then every other video game looked at it and went, oh, okay, we need to try that out now. So I feel like around the same time, something like, you know, Grand Theft Auto did really well. And everyone's like, oh, okay. So everyone needs to drive me now. Everyone needs a car. Everyone needs to be able to get and whatever. And then you look at a game like Metal Gear Solid, which did really well. And it was like, oh, okay, every game needs stealth now. So we need to throw stealth and whatever. And it's like this kind of PlayStation-ish, you know, PlayStation 2 era where I feel like everyone was doing like one gameplay mechanic that worked really well for that type of game. And then everyone else decided their game, which was completely unrelated to whatever the fuck this other game was doing, it needed to have those things too. And I think the stealth sections were born out of that. Uh, Metal Gear Solid and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I know Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas tried out the stealth. Um and everyone's like, okay, so these games are doing stealth, so clearly we must start putting stealth sections in. I feel like if it's not a stealth game, the mechanics just aren't friendly to the stealth, you know? I played, uh, um, you know, I think I think the first game that I played where a stealth section actually worked, and that doesn't mean I liked it, but I think it actually worked, was the Zelda 3D. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that's the first time I ever saw like a, a stealth section work, but I feel like for the most part... The mechanics just aren't going to play well with a non-stealth game. Now, when, um, you, when you say Zelda 3D, are you talking about uh, Ocarina, or do you mean no. do you mean on the 3DS? I'm talking about the 3DS. Okay, all right. Because Ocarina has that uh, that very brief stealth section uh, at Hyrule Castle when you very first yeah. get to it, and it's terrible. Yeah, I and it. I, I wouldn't describe that as good. So I wanted to make sure that we were on the same track. There's some. Right? Um... Phantom Hourglass also has some pretty decent stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, that there's that one dungeon, and uh, I like the stealth, but I hate that dungeon. Oh uh, yeah, everybody hates that dungeon. Yeah, that's and- actually why I stopped playing Phantom Hourglass. It's like, oh, so we just beat this. Oh, I have to go back to the fucking stuff. Yeah, there's another one. That, <laughs> there's another one that made it to my list of games that I never beat. Yeah, yeah. But sorry, Zelda. I I like you yeah, though. Yeah, Phantom still- Hourglass had that. And I think everybody stops at the same part. It's like, you know, you beat a boss and you're all hyped up and you're ready to go to the next castle, but now you have to go to the fucking... I do want to clarify. I think Wolfenstein... I'm just going to go ahead and throw the chips down right now. I think Wolfenstein is going to be bad. I think it's going to be a bad game. I don't don't think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be just, like, boring and generic and... It does look look boring and generic, but what I appreciate is that there's no cover. Man. I'm so sick of cover. I'm so up over a cover. Yeah, cover-based shooters I'm, I'm done with, too. I, I can get behind that. But um, that Mayhem clip just looks so much like so many other games. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it'll be great. I'll totally, I'll totally recant my statement. Oh, man, I, I could, could go for a non-cover shooter. I was saying, the I didn't... The power of guns reminded me what it was like. Did anybody play The Last Wolfenstein? 
No. No. The one that was what? it wasn't it just called Wolf or was it the New Order? Or is that the new one? I'm not even really clear. <laughs> the last Wolfenstein I played was Wolfenstein 3. Okay, okay, okay. So the new game is Wolfenstein the New Order, and that comes out May 20th. And then the last game in the series, like the most recent game in the series, was uh, just called Wolfenstein. They, you know, rebranded, re- reset it. And so it's just, just called Wolfenstein. And then before that, it was Wolfenstein RPG, which I never played. <laughs> and then, that, a grenade. Yeah, Wolf- is that true or are you just testing us to see if we're still I'm, awake? I'm not making that up. Wolfenstein RPG... The game features nine levels. Uh, it's a mobile game available on iOS. Okay, and yeah. either way, uh, Wolfenstein RPG. And then prior to that, it was Return to Castle Wolfenstein and Enemy Territory, which Return to Castle Wolfenstein is not a game that I think was critically loved, really. But it's a game that I really like. So I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Nazis with crazy experimental supernatural shit. Uh, and so we'll see how we'll see how things Man, go. If they bring back Mecha Hitler, they might they might have my my daughters. Yeah, if Mecha Hitler comes back, I'm I'm in. Because I was so crazy that I'll give them I'll give them all the dollars. But all right, well, I was uh, I was going to talk a little bit about Luftrausers, which I've been playing this week, but I think we're actually kind of pushing into pushing it for about time which, a little about bit. Which one? What did you say? Should I talk about Luftrausers? Have you guys Luft- even heard Luft- of that one? Luftrausers. Luft? Luft no, so like, like you know, Dan, you, know Dan you know, the Luft Luftwaffe right? or Luft Luft uh, the Luftwaffe the Luftwaffe Luftwaffles. No, the Luftwaffles. I really thought that's what that was called when I was a kid because I had <laughs> Lucas Arts. Lucas Arts had a game called Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffe, and uh, I just I just stuck an L in there no matter what I did, and so it was Secret Weapons of the Luftwaffle, and I loved that game. It was great. But uh, no, Luftrausers. It's a shooter from Vlambeer, uh, who you may know as the guys who did Ridiculous Fishing. And if you haven't played Ridiculous Fishing and you have an iOS device, you should probably check that out. But I've been playing that, and uh, there's actually not much to say, because there's not much game there. But Okay, so we can do it this podcast. Let's yeah. talk about it. Let's, right, talk about it. let's talk about it a little bit. So uh, Luftrausers is a... I don't want to call it a, a school. Uh, like a score chaser or like uh it's an arcadey style game where your goal is just to get a high score but along the way there are lots of things that you can unlock to help you with that i would say that there are probably maybe like six weapon attachments six body types and six engines and all these fit on a plane i should probably mention that you're driving a plane Um, okay that so sounds like a good. It's uh, it's on the it's on a couple of systems, but I've particularly picked it up on the Vita. And basically, what happens here is you launch off an aircraft carrier, and you hold the up arrow key, or or the up arrow on the D pad to uh, turn your engine on. And it's kind of like asteroids. I would I would describe it best as asteroids, except with gravity. So um, hmm. when you turn the engine on, you're going to fly in whatever direction your plane is facing, and then left and right will rotate the plane, except when you kill the engine, your plane is going to f- start falling to the ground. You'll, you'll go into a deadfall. And uh, so basically you, you, you're doing these dogfights and battling these other planes in the sky, uh, with kind of these these controls, and it's really really 
got a unique feeling to it where, you know, like an enemy will get behind you. And so you kill your engine and start falling from the sky and like rotate your plane just right and take them out with your, uh, your own weapon. And, you know, you can flip and turn on a dime, uh, really easily by killing your engine. And the combat in is actually quite a bit of fun and the upgrades are all, you know, really handy. But the problem is, is that once you unlock all those upgrades, there's just, it, it doesn't feel do. it doesn't feel like there's a lot to do, and yeah. I got I got all the upgrades in about three hours. So, yeah. and the game yeah. is the game is retailing for nine ninety nine. Jesus, which I, th- I I think is a little high for something where I can pretty much see everything it has to offer in three hours. So you're really um, you're really trying to get our Vita game up, then. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah, I, I've been I've been spending a lot of time with the Vita in the last few weeks, and I mean, Luftrazers is a Vita exclusive. I also picked up SteamWorld Dig because I want to check that out too. And uh, same deal, where it's not it's not a Vita exclusive, but it seems like it works well on that platform. And uh, Luftrazers looks great on it. It's a it's a fun game. I really like Vlambeer. I think they make cool stuff. Um, this one just doesn't quite feel like there's enough to keep me coming back, but I want right. to clarify that if you, if you like that combat and you think that that's fun, then this is totally a game, uh, that you're probably going to dig. Like I, I, I could, yeah, I could definitely see if you, if you like those kind of scory arcade-ish, uh, kind of games, um, the combat's very, very unique. The graphics look really cool. They've got kind of this old stylized black and white. But uh, yeah, just wasn't wasn't quite enough to keep me going. Something that is kind of cool is you you pick your weapon and you pick your body type and you pick your engine and there's enough different parts that you can basically make like a hundred and something different planes. And every time you make it, an, sounds like it sounds like there's definitely a crowd that's going to dig this game. Yeah, and so every yeah. time every time you make a plane, the thing that's cool that happens is the theme music for the level will change to kind of accommodate your design that you've picked out. And then also you'll see the name of the plane. So you you pick out three parts and it'll be like, this is the, there's one that I can think of that was called like the staff pick or something like that. And so you, you take off with that. Or there was one that I, uh, there was the plane that I did really good with and got pretty far with called the Batman. And uh, <laughs> it was pretty neat. But you just you're making it with these combos and it's uh, it's it's nice. There's there's a lot of freedom there and it's fun to explore all the different combinations. But once you get a good solid grasp on what each piece does, you don't really need to mess with the combinations anymore because you already know exactly what the plane will do before you even make it. All right. So <laughs> it's not like you're combining like two weapons to see what new weapon they create. You're just combining parts that already do their own thing separately, and maybe it will work better than the one that you built last time. So, so it's not it's not like Kerbal Space Program. No, it's nothing like that. So, but uh, but yeah, it's a it's a fun game. If you're if you're into that kind of thing, then maybe check it out. I would wait for a sale. I would wait for it to go down to like four ninety nine and pick it up. And it is on Steam, if I'm recalling correctly. So you can probably find it on a Steam sale sometime in the near future. And that's yeah. a, that's exactly when I would pick it up, is when it goes down to like four ninety nine in a Steam sale. Sounds like it'd be neat for checking out. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Look at, look at some YouTube videos of it, because the combat is very, very unique. I can't think of a game uh, that plays like that at all, so... Uh, you know, check check it out and see if it's something that looks cool because it it is a fun distraction and it's something where on on a mobile platform like the Vita, I really like a game that you can just like start up and dive in and it takes you know 
uh, five minutes and you're already back in a new round. And so it's perfect for like a commuter or a short travel or, you know, waiting mm. for somebody to uh, meet you somewhere or something like that. So anyway, okay. loof browsers. So that's at least two games you can get for the Vita now, which I forgot to, I forgot to ask, Lucio, but what, what, what was your final play time on Thief? Um, something like nine hours. Eleven hours. Nine hours. Oh, nine hours. Uh, I gave it. Mm-hmm. I gave it two more hours than actually there. That's not. So I guess if, that's not terrible. that's true, then the the Dagon Rump is actually three times the play time of Thief. And I'm not surprised. <laughs> and I, I, price. I mean, I you know I like to take my times with games, but I kind of rushed this one. Uh, I, still, I, I, I still, I still took my time though. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, rushing just meant that you know I saw something shiny across the map and I didn't try to get it. <laughs> That's right. what, sh- what rushing means. Right. Um, so, yeah. Oh. It wasn't. I don't know. I I wasn't impressed with Thief. Um, what what was good was good, but there was just not enough of it. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate when that happens. Yeah. So ah. that's it. Well, yeah. I but, we... this, but this podcast, which it's, it's about one hour, and you know, fifteen dollars for this podcast—that's a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. Well, and so I mean, this podcast is what like a third of uh, Luftrazers. So you owe me what like two fifty, a little bit more. Yeah, I think that sounds right. A little bit more, like three, four, three, three fifty. You owe me three, three twenty, three thirty. You owe me three. 30. I'm bad at math. Hey, if you like this website and this podcast, go uh, look at it a lot. Go to enemyslime.com. Click on a link. Don't go there and just close the window. You dick. You're messing with our stats. Go there. Hey. Go there and click like four things, and you don't have to read them. Nobody's asking you to do that. Just go there. Look at the pictures. We put up so many pretty pictures. Um, I put a great one on that FCC article. You can just go and look at that. And uh, when you're done... Looks looking, like I find your congressman there. Yeah, uh, you know, I should have put that. Uh, so when you're done looking at that, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We are at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. Uh, if you're not already, you should subscribe to the podcast. It's uh, available on iTunes or via RSS. You can listen to us every week, every Wednesday, except the Wednesdays that we don't do it. But uh, that's, you know... Those days are over. It's every Wednesday. <laughs> anyway, any any final words, gentlemen? No, let us know which one was your first. All right. All right. And if you want, if, if, oh man, oh man. You fucked that up. Oh man. Try it, try again. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. I, it, <laughs> all right. That, yeah. We'll go ahead and. Go ahead and do that. We're gonna just end that there. Yep. So, but I think